Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Joel Saves Big. If you do want to be a guest on my show, feel free to DM me at Joel Saves Big on Instagram. Hope you enjoy. Thank you all for joining today's episode of Joel Saves Big. Today I have Emma from Health Builds Wealth. Emma, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. Hi, everyone. My name is Emma, and I'm Health Builds Wealth. I am a 25-year-old female residing in the Bay Area, and I currently work as a full-time medical assistant um, while attending a post program full-time. Um, and I aspire to be a physician assistant, sorry, physician assistant someday. Awesome. What made you decide that you wanted to like become a physician's assistant? Like, where did that come from? Um, honestly, it was a lot of trial and error. I thought I wanted to be a pharmacist at first. And then after um, volunteering in a, in a pharmacy, I realized it really wasn't for me. And then I was pre-med and then that kind of led me through this whole like life crisis and that which just wasn't for me either. And so just a lot of exploring and networking and really talking to other folks who, you know, have gone through this path. And I think after um, graduating from college two years ago and um, shadowing other PAs, that really kind of solidified um, this aspiration of mine. Understood. Um, in your in on your first intro post, um, you mentioned you were a first gen college grad as well. And on your bio, um, normalized conversations about money is that something that was not talked about um, growing up in your family in your household? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a uh, low income household with um, immigrant parents. I am a first generation college student. So growing up, um, you know, my parents didn't really talk to me about money. Um, my friends, we didn't really talk about money. I didn't really know that I came from a low income family actually until middle school, where I went to a school across town. And it was such a huge culture shock for me, actually. Like, um, you know, I, I grew up you know, wearing like Payless shoes and we were on uh, food stamps. And then the people that I went to middle school with, they were like traveling to Europe every summer. They had like iPhones and like Uggs. I don't know. Uggs aren't that expensive now as an adult, but you know, back then it's like, yeah, it was the coolest thing. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was just so strange that, you know, I thought, you know, my lifestyle was like pretty normal and that everybody lived the way that I lived until I went to school across town and it was a reality check, I guess. I see. And, and what made you change your, your, your mindset and as an individual, um, like woman, like I want to be open about like money and conversations about money and have it with other people. Yeah. You know, that's a really great question. And I think, um, I think it has a lot to do with my upbringings, you know, growing up. So I'm Vietnamese and, um, my parents immigrated to America when they were pretty old but like around 50 and so growing up my dad was always the person that managed our finances and I don't know it just the idea of it just really intimidated my mom for some reason and it was it got kind of annoying in the sense that like if my dad wasn't home or like he had to be out of town for whatever reason my mom would not know how to pay our bills Mm. so she would just wait for him you know to come home and even till this day it's just the topic of money really just makes her uncomfortable. And I I really want to um, break that cycle, I guess, because I I do see it a lot in my community where women 
just don't feel comfortable in managing their own money and just relying on other folks to do it, or um, they just feel very intimidated by the idea of money and finances. I see. And, and is that what made you make your Instagram page or was that for a different reason? Yeah, I would say that was one of my motives, but I think my primary motive is really just, yeah, help normalizing the conversations about money in general. I think, you know, overall, not many people feel comfortable talking about it. And I think for me, I wanted to create a safe space to document my own journey and track my own progress in hopes that I will, you know, empower others to feel a little bit more comfortable in talking about these topics. And then in addition to that, um, I wanted to kind of bring a novel perspective to the personal finance community Mm -hmm. um, because I'm in this like awkward gray area where I've completed my undergrad degree and then kind of slowly applying for my master's program. So um, I feel like not many people in the community are kind of in that in-between stage, you know, that it's either one or the other. So I figured I would share my story in hopes that, you know, it could help someone else in my shoes later on. Yep, for sure. Yeah. And I saw on your, again, on your, on your first post, you'd been following the the fire and debt-free community um, for a year. Um, I assume you're doing that on your, your personal Instagram page prior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So during um, the pandemic, that's when I really started um, following all these different accounts. And that's what really inspired me to create my own as well. I see. Yeah, I I had the same thing as I was following a lot on my um, personal page. And I was like, you know what, I want to talk about mine. Um, But that's what that's what I find funny is I want to talk about mine and be open. But I didn't Mm -hmm. want my friends to know about it. Um, so like at, at, at what cost was that, right? It, it kind of defeated the purpose. Oh, no, I, I totally resonate with that. So, um, I do have, you know, a few familiar faces on my, um, health builds wealth account and it is a little bit awkward, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, because, you know, I'm sharing very personal details about my life and, you know, I'm, it's just very vulnerable, but, you know, I am trying to normalize these conversations. And I think in order to do that, I kind of have to own my truth and just be a little brave, I guess. Um, but I, I totally feel you on that. It, it can be a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and, and mentioning something that you posted, which I, I personally struggle with is you quote, you used to feel a lot of shame over student loans because very few of my friends had them. Um, like how, mm-hmm. how has that conversation went? Because I'm, I'm in the same exact boat. So I'd, I'd love to hear your side of like how, how yeah. your view on student loans has changed and you going into PA school, you're, I assume you're going to have to take on more loans, correct? Oh yeah. It's definitely going to cost me like my whole soul and maybe my firstborn to <laughs> afford PA school, but you know, I'll deal with that when it comes, um, Yeah, definitely. I felt so much shame, you know, about my student loans because like you mentioned that not many of my friends had them. And I think um, in the beginning, I really tried avoiding the topic. You know, people would ask me and be like, oh, yeah, you know, like I I did take out some loans, but I wouldn't really um, disclose like how much and things like that. But I think this past year, as I started following, you know, the debt-free community, personal finance community, whatever you want to call it, um, I think it kind of empowered me in a, a little bit, like in the sense that, you know, hey, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is just a small fraction of, you know, what it's going to cost to, you know, I don't know, pay for other stuff. And um, I think 
you know, it is, it is what it is basically, right? Like, yeah, my parents weren't able to contribute much to my education, but that really um, empowered me to find ways to manage it on my own. And I think at the end of the day, it builds character and it taught me a lot about um, how to manage my own money and not having to rely on other people to do that for me. So, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And that's, that's something that even I, um, I, I have about $28,000 left in student loans and I've decided to now slow down. Um, I just refinanced them, got a lower interest rate. Um, and I was that's like, awesome. I need to like realign, right. Not, not be super stressed about like debt. Like I was like, okay, if I've, if historically, like I'm able to, to make more in the market, um, whether it be a Roth IRA or, or an employee, employee sponsored plan, which is something mm-hmm. that you did as well during forbearance was to decide to put that money in investing rather than paying off debt. How did that look um, in your own brain to do that? Yeah, so that was something I really struggled with, um, especially because I have never invested before. I actually don't have a 401 account um, because it's not provided by my employer or any of my previous employers. Um, And so it wasn't really something that I thought too much about just because I figured like, oh, you know, that's the only way I can invest. Um, But uh, I I learned, you know, about the Roth IRA and HSA and like brokerage accounts and things like that. So that's when I kind of had to decide, you know, I have this pool of money how can I maximize that, right? That's That was kind of um, the question. Like, is it more beneficial for me to pay off my 22K loan right now? Or should I put it in the market and um, have it grow for me, right? So I think after crunching the numbers, it just kind of made sense for me to invest that money um, while my interest rates were, you know, 0%. And um, now, however, with the extension, you know, coming to an end very soon, I actually stopped my contributions to my retirement accounts. And I've um, slowly started uh, putting that money into a high yield savings account. And then I plan on doing a lump sum um, in the near future. But um, in the beginning, it was definitely scary because I really didn't know what I was doing. But I think the numbers spoke for itself. And I think, you know, this worked for me and may not work for everybody else. But um, I decided to make that decision because, yeah, the numbers just made sense. That's that's awesome. Um, do you budget or, or do you just go paycheck by paycheck or month by month? Yeah, so I loosely zero-based budget, um, and I really emphasize on loosely, like, honestly, before, you know, being serious about my personal finance, I had a general idea of what I was spending, but I really wanted to crack down on the exact amount, so I started to uh, track my monthly expenses, and I don't really enjoy it, I will be honest, but Um, The reason behind it was because in preparation for PA school, I wanted to know the exact number of, uh, you know, what I was spending each month in order to better prepare myself for my future student loans, because I don't want to over borrow. So I wanted to know exactly how much I was spending each month to kind of get an idea of how much I will need to take out to cover um, my living expenses once I'm in school. 
Um, but yeah, I very loosely zero-based budget. I don't, you know, I don't get too upset when I um, over budget. I, you know, it's it's just building those muscles, right? Like you got to just start and just build your way up. And um, I think for me, the reason why this works well for me is because I'm not a high income earner right now. So it's not like I have a lot of excess money to begin with. You know, after I pay off my bills, there's a portion left. And then I kind of allocate that to, you know, my uh, sinking funds or like student loan funds, this and that. And then um, very little is left. So this works for me right now. Um, however, once I, you know, have an once my income increases, I think I'll be a little bit more structured with my budget. But at the moment, um, it's it is kind of whatever. So, yep, I, I liked what you said there. I, I do want to emphasize that budgeting is like building muscles. Um, it's always a work in progress. I think that's a really cool perspective to look at it. Personally, I don't budget. Um, and speaking with the majority of people, so you're number ten. Um, majority of them do budget and and I'm mm -hmm. and I'd love to see how it goes as I, I strive to reach a hundred by the end of the year um in terms oh, of people budgeting okay. and not budgeting. That would be a really cool graph if you yeah. could like yeah put that data into and plot it. Yeah. Funds. How did you determine what sinking funds you wanted to create? Um and and do you plan to have even more? Yeah, so for me, my sinking funds really helped me stay organized in terms of my personal finances. And I'm kind of the type of person that really likes to plan ahead. Um, and so, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I don't have a very high income at the moment. And so I, the small amount that, I, that I'm working with, um, I do try to maximize it because you know, part of this journey is I don't want to be so frugal to the point where I'm not living my life, right? So in order to, you know, go on my vacations or eat the food that I want to eat or buy, you know, whatever I want, I really have to plan ahead. And um, by having sinking funds, it gives me that ability to do so. Um, and so in terms of determining, you know, my sinking funds, I kind of just map out um, what's going to pop up in the next six to 12 months. So if I have like a wedding or like holidays, um, a vacation, I start contributing to that the moment, you know, I know that it's a solid plan. And if in terms of having um, more in the future, um, probably, but maybe nothing too drastic, maybe like I don't know, small things like birthday gifts or things like that. But um, Allie only gives me 10. So those are the 10 that I'm working with right now. I see. Yeah, I, I personally, I have 10 buckets. on. I also use Ally um, for my high yield savings. And I and I decided to open that from this Instagram page, actually. Um, oh, funny neat. enough. But yeah, I, I do have 10 buckets, but it's just, I don't really have the money in the buckets. It's just, I created it and I and I thought that was the way I was going to go. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, it just didn't, it didn't work out. Um, but, and that's, what's, that's, what's great is it's, it's not meant for everybody. Right. Yeah, for sure. Personal finance is personal, right? So yeah, exactly. Um, I don't want to give away everything that's under Instagram. And for those listening, if you missed in the beginning, uh, you can find Emma at health builds wealth. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, you had a, a long essay regarding your biggest financial regret. You want to give yes. the, uh, the cliff notes about that? Yeah, sure. So basically, uh, my biggest financial regret so far is just not starting sooner. 
So in college, I decided to take a swimming class and our swim instructor um, had us literally shouting, I will start a Roth IRA once I have a stable income. And we would just be shouting that while we're warming up. And I just thought it was ridiculous. I honestly was just questioning like, why am I saying this in a swimming class? You know, like, what does this have to do with swimming? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we even had to write our final paper on it. So, and I, I wrote it, I shouted whatever he wanted me to shout, but, you know, I kind of just disregarded his advice. I was like, oh, whatever, what does he know? And, you know, I'm only 20 years old at that time. So like, why do I have to, you know, worry about my retirement right now, right? It's like 40 years or so away. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the summary of it. And I think in retrospect, I really wish I had taken his advice and I wish I had started as soon as I had my first full-time job, because, like, because it, it would have made a difference, but it's not such a huge difference that, you know, it's the end of the world. It's like, I've learned from it. And now that I um, know better, I want to share that story with other people in hopes that they get started as soon as possible as well. I, I love that. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, have you reached out back to your swim instructor uh, since then? saying how you I've still remember considered it um yeah I it's been on my mind actually since I wrote that post I have to kind of do some digging to see if I still have his email but I I do plan on reaching out to him and you know just giving him my appreciation and that he did make an impact in my life and that he should continue doing what he's doing because um hopefully someone will listen to him and has listened to him you know yeah, for sure. That's something I'd be very curious. I'd love to see a follow-up post about that personally. Um, yeah, like, like yeah, you reached out to your swim instructor <laughs> and you now reconnected. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, Emma, again, thank you for your time. Um, but before we go, um, I did have one question that I love asking at the end. Um, yeah. If you met a stranger, what is one thing that you would tell them about personal finance? Um, that's a really good question. I think I would share with them that Um, You know, sometimes we have to have some short-term sacrifices in order to achieve our long-term goals. Um, And I think the reason I would share this with others is because um, many people, you know, they aspire to be financially free or they want to have a lot of money or whatever the situation is. But um, very few people put in the work to get there because they have this misconception that, you know, they have to like live this like super frugal lifestyle forever or that it's like super restrictive, this and that. And um, that kind of strays them away from just starting. And so I kind of just want to emphasize on that and that, you know, sometimes you just have to plant your seeds now so that you can harvest your fruit later. I, I love that. Um, short-term sacrifices for long-term goals, plant your seeds yeah. now so you can have the fruit later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Emma, thank you again for your time. Um, and thank you all for listening. Again, you can find Emma at Health Builds Wealth. Have a great rest Thanks of your day. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to follow today's guest, the link is in the show notes. If you haven't already, it'd be greatly appreciated if you can follow the podcast on the platform that you're listening on. Just a reminder that personal finance is personal and it's not like the average jolt.